0: Yourself before? Never heard myself like this before. This is—it is really big. is his first podcast. This, this is interesting. I, I mean, I feel like honored <laughs> that like my first podcast is on Doug Mitchell's building great sales teams. So now I do realize I have to like speak into here and not. So yeah. So cheer. just kind of, you lean like, this way or you pull it over, like right there. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool.
1: There you go. This is now uh, really you can exciting. look at me and
0: yeah, audio still good. Yeah, audio. Yeah. Am I being blocked by the camera right now? Do I look good? No, you're great. You're How is it, Ryan? <laughs> dude, Ryan? it's perfect. All right, man. Can
1: we can we do the intro? Can that this be is the like intro? Freaking I mean, amazing! It's recording. You're recording. I'm recording nice, all of it.
0: it's tight. What he said first? He's <laughs> <Just, just laughs> honored to be A part in the, of the, yeah, the
1: podcast trailer. Like, Doug
0: Mitchell's podcast trailer. Like you're popping my podcast cherry, dude. I feel like I need to do like ten more of these immediately after. Oh,
1: absolutely. Well, now you're going to have like content and clips and stuff to put out there. Like, Hey, whenever you're ready to have the goat right. on your, on your podcast, you know what I'm saying?
0: Call so, Casey. I gotta say, I, I think the Ron Burgundy vibe would be classic for your like hundred percent. I'm just like, ah, just like just start screaming. The bank robber came in for a bank loan. The salesman, uh, how many doors could a door knocker knock if a door knocker could knock doors? There we go. I think I'm ready. Great experiences build great leaders. Great leaders build great teams. This is building great sales teams.
1: All right guys, if you're if you're smiling then we're in good shape. Welcome back to the Building Great Sales Teams podcast. I've got my friend and the owner and CEO of Delta Solar here today. He's been in the solar industry for eight years now. He started back in 2015 and he has since opened up his own company three years ago, Delta Solar. Welcome to the
0: podcast, brother. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me, dude. This is a uh, it's really exciting to be here. Absolutely. Um, I'll man. just say it this is my first podcast. So pop in your podcast, <clears throat> cherry. I've, I've had
1: a few uh, podcast cherries popped in my time, you know. And so, um, I'm going to keep that going. <laughs> I don't know where to go from there. I, yeah,
0: it's an enclosed trailer. I'm feeling really weird right now. Vulnerable. 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 <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's two on one. That's all I'm saying. <laughs>
1: oh man. Okay. Let's actually be productive here today. So man, how did we meet? It was, was it just on social media? Was it just on Facebook? So we connected there?
0: It, it's kind of actually funny, and I don't know if you remember it, but mm-hmm. I reached out through Facebook Messenger yes, because I I, I'm just that guy. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you really understood what I was trying to meet for. Uh-huh. I think I typed up very vague, like, hey, dude, I think we should meet. We're both in San Antonio, both in sales. Yeah, We should probably link up. Yeah. Me didn't know too much about what you did. Okay. Instantly recruiting mode. Okay. You at the time were still, you know, doing the the solar sail stuff and mm-hmm. you're running a couple of crews yeah. um, and a couple of sales orgs. So um, I think maybe you on some low-key thing thought, awesome, I'm going to talk to this guy and see what he's about. Maybe I'm recruiting him. Right. Initially, we were both talking as if we were recruiting each other. <laughs> and I don't think we I, – I, I realized it very soon on. I was like, hey, so – I don't think we're recruitable to each other and then yeah. that's when the conversation got more interesting because we're just like our guards fell down a little yeah, bit yeah and we're just like okay yeah we, we obviously can't recruit each other
1: <laughs> well i i think you had delta rolling already yeah so it was you know and it, i think that was right after i joined apex so i was really investing in social media and that's probably yes. what caught your eye and uh you had I a buddy
0: with you too wayne no or... um another guy i forgot his name
1: um <clears throat> jose yeah jose lopez
0: yeah yeah so
1: funny story just to kind of like how this all happened and what an abundance mindset can do so jose lopez is actually in apex with me oh nice and he decided he wanted to get into solar he, he had a door-to-door sales company and uh he had a, a fairly large organization under another organization kind of like uh SIDCOR type model stuff okay and uh and he wanted to get into solar and he was very mobile at that time him and his wife and i was like well come down to San Antonio, stay at an Airbnb or whatever and work out of my office for a little while, work with my guys and see what it's all about. You know what I mean? Then go back up to Chicago and do your thing. You know what I mean? So he was basically doing research into running a a solar org, which at the time we were rolling. We were doing like 15, 20 a month. And and so he got to see that and learn from that. And now he's doing the same thing up in Chicago.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, well, that's freaking awesome for him, man. I, I, again, like, When we first met, I really was like, yeah, I'm going to go to lunch with this guy and I'm going to see what he's about. And Mm -hmm. I think I'm probably going to recruit him. That was my mentality. Like rolling into lunch. I was just like, yeah, this is what's going to go down today. And I realized, moving. yeah, this guy, yeah, no, <laughs> Not,
1: i don't own my own sales work since 2011. <laughs> yeah, so I would, you know,
0: again, you know, guys like us, we yeah. kind of get that confidence, and we kind of, yeah, just have that aura about us, like, mm-hmm. hey, we can talk to anybody and build yeah. a vision Absolutely. and stuff. But yeah, it, it was just very interesting to me being in sales for so long in San Antonio. It's a small community, so to like yeah. hear of someone else within city limits or even 10 miles or so right. or outside of city limits as doing sales and doing exactly what we're doing. I was like, I, I have to meet long. you. Yeah. Like, you know, so.
1: Yeah. It's crazy. Cause when you look at door to door in general, and this is, you know, outside of solar, like in cable, you know, which was bigger pre <clears> 2015. <throat> right. Yeah. Um, it, it, it wasn't like that. You know, we had Ray here on the podcast earlier just before you, and we were talking about that abundance mindset of just being able to share And I I could not do that back in the day. You know what I'm saying? Because basically when I shared something or I shared something about my team, people used it against me to recruit my people. And it it happened more time than one that either like a whole office got recruited away or a key player got recruited away, whatever the case was. And I was very early on in the game, so I didn't understand culture and retention and all that type of stuff. It was very much about scaling and numbers, you know. And – but – when you found me, it was like I was in Apex. I already had multiple divisions that I was yes. operating. So it was very much like, hey, you know, uh, that abundance mindset where it's like, hey, if we can learn something from each other, great. You know what I mean? I think we had talked about having you come in and speak to my team mm-hmm. and me going in and speaking to your team. Exactly. That whole deal. And then, uh, of course, everything went south for me and solar after that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, just one of those things where... Um, I wasn't in the market that my team was operating you know what i mean but anyways uh and then i went full-time consulting last year and we
0: had still been following each other liking each other's posts supporting which each by other. the way
1: congratulations on that man that's
0: it's kind of a hard market to break into yeah. so congratulations on that
1: yeah you know and it's funny everybody that's from that i know from door-to-door says oh you're consulting door-to-door teams it's like i only have one door-to-door team that I consult right now. The other eight are different yeah. industries and, in, you know, B2B or uh, B2C, but telemarketing, like all different industries is, is how it's working out because of, because of the network and everything. And so uh, you reached out again and you're like, Hey, uh,
0: what did you reach out for this time? Um, for you to come, because once I saw that you were going into consulting, uh-huh. Right. back then it's always like, uh, yeah. I, I don't know if I want to like have this guy talk to my guy. Right, right, yeah. Um, immediately I was just like, okay, well let's, let's have him come talk to our guys. Yeah, for sure. Um, and it was just over just sales in general growth. Yeah. I, um, you know, you told your rattlesnake story about yeah. death. Um, so, so that, that was initially why I reached out the second time was to just have you come in and just, Hey guys, here's another guy in the San Antonio market that's doing sales mm-hmm. and, uh, he's built great sales teams. So let's give him a listen. Yeah, absolutely, got to put
1: my watch on, do not disturb, geez, I'm
0: getting lit up, um,
1: no, 100%, and it was a great experience, and, you know, I think I had posted, like, I'm trying to get reps right now, you know what I right. mean, like, if you want me to come speak to your team, <clears throat> come speak to your team, and I think you and I talked before, and it was like, alright, do I want to go in there and, like, hit them on sales, like, they get hit on every day, or do I want to right. give them something to think about, something to chew on, you know, and so uh, I really enjoyed it. you got a great team. Thank you. Great thing happening for you guys. Uh, brand new office. You guys are expanding. So. Yes. And uh, bringing door-to-door back to solar. I love it.
0: <laughs> it's, it's it's really the best way to sell it at this Hell point. Hell yeah.
1: Hell yeah. No, I mean, just obviously everybody's jumping on the virtual trend and stuff like that. Yeah. And while I do believe in that as a scalable model, you know what I mean? I just know that those door-to-door sales are stickier when you're in the in the home with the 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 consumer. So, yeah. Okay. So, has it, you you know, you're you're around my age, right? Are you younger? Uh, I'll be 38 this year. Oh, shit. August
0: 15th. If anyone wants to get me a birthday card or send one (laughs) um, or a gift card or whatever, a gift, um, I accept everything. August 15th? August 15th. All right. I think we,
1: no, you're September, right? okay i'm gonna remember his birthday someday (laughs) i put everything in my calendar so i don't have to remember right but i work with ryan every day so i'll be 38 this year nice how old are you so uh 30 36. okay 36 i'm about to turn 37 in april okay So april 26 if anybody wants to get me a
0: birthday card get get him 26. (laughs) that's right around the corner man absolutely so what did you do before solar uh did alarms Oh okay. Yeah. So it's always been door to door. So I started off as actually as a technician. Okay. In alarms, cool. and um, I slowly, actually no, not slowly. Um, I was a technician for a long time in alarms, mm-hmm. um, and then I just got tired of getting home at like midnight, one o'clock, crossing state lines. Yeah. You know, having to do an install over here, over there, traveling for like a couple of years doing that, it mm. got old and. We always ran summer sales programs, so, you know, seeing the uh, other sales reps or uh, the alarm reps in the hot tub or in the swimming pool or they were doing, like, the fun outings while we were installing them, I was like, dude, there's got to be a better way. I can't do this forever. Mm -hmm. So I got kind of talked into doing sales, and that's what led me into my transition into the sales side. So did you have a lot of success in alarms at first before you transitioned to solar? Oh, no, I was horrible. <laughs> I, I, no, like a hundred percent. I was horrible. I mean, okay. I mean, as a technician, like I was very good. I knew exactly what to do, like, you know, red wire, black wire, like it, it was yeah. pretty, these were wireless too. So it wasn't like back in the day where, oh, yeah. you know, you just had to like, you know, hard wire in connects. 24 yeah. zones on a house. So, um, you know, like I honestly, like I blew through a lot of savings and stuff just to keep my level of lifestyle up that I had developed okay. as a technician. In sales. I think like my first year, I probably like made like 10 grand in alarm sales because I knew too much. I was the typical show up and throw up like yeah. they, they asked for the motion detector. I was like, yeah, it works. And so I just gave them too many options too much to think about. Mm-hmm. And I just wasn't listening to anything. Anyone any advice people were giving me mm-hmm. because I thought I knew it all I was a technician, I knew more than of the alarm system than they did. Yeah, right. And so Absolutely. I learned the hard way. I learned the hard way. And so then I started following people's advice, attending the sales trainings, mm-hmm. going to the sales meetings, working with people that were doing better than me. Yeah, right, and slowly. That knew so much less. That <laughs> knew so much less, right? <laughs> yeah. So um, it, yeah, I definitely fell flat on my face my first year.
1: No, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, when you look at buying styles, uh, the detective is one of the hardest, si- our selling style to make it into a good salesperson yeah like you said they know too much or they want to know too much instead of just following the training being following the script executing getting the reps you yeah. know what i'm saying and so much of uh th- that proves it right there you can know everything about the product possible which you do need to have a healthy knowledge right you do when you encounter somebody that has a buying uh that's their buying style as detective but can basically, like you said, show up and throw up. You can. You can almost
0: talk yourself out of a deal, which I did plenty of times. Oh, I did too. I did too.
1: (laughs) You know, it's, it's funny. So much more of my sales skills revolve around recruiting, very similar to you. And um, I did that to myself all the time. I was like, this is the training process we have. This is every step in the training process. This is what you can make. And this is different versions of what you can make if you sell right. this kind of product and everything. And at the end of the day, they just wanted to know that somebody else in the company was doing what I said that we could do. Yeah, You know what I mean? So all I had to do was bring in those examples, and they were sold.
0: Yeah, you know,
1: <laughs> And that whole engagement person-to-person, the uh, emotional side of sales... Where the money's at.
0: Exactly, 100%. Absolutely. Totally emotional sale.
1: So, by the time you transitioned to solar, had you cut your teeth a little bit in alarm sales and yeah. had some success? Yeah.
0: Um, uh, I had moved around the country. Mm-hmm. Um, I helped start um, a couple solar, um, oh, I'm sorry, um, alarm organizations. Okay. Um, one of which is still running in Louisiana. Very cool. Um, so, um, along the way, though, I had been offered. And talk to about moving out to california in 2012 2013 and even 2014 when and when solar was starting when solar was starting and that's okay. when you had like the tesla the solar or, or i'm sorry solar city mm-hmm. right you know you had complete solar at the time and, and some other big players dude
1: solar city is like uh, so on the cable side solar city is like like the sick core of solar right and right. then and then i would say uh with a large probably like vivent maybe yeah you know so yeah, no, definitely know what you're saying. Everybody that's somebody came from Solar City.
0: Yeah and, yeah, and and honestly, anyone that's somebody right now, I truly believe came from the Alarm World mm-hmm. and Solar. I, I would say about like 90 percent, probably like right. the industry. Then we need to go way back, and then before that, they came from Argenta. Yeah, there you go, because <laughs> it was cable before that, right? Yeah, I I never got the opportunity to do cable. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. but um, but yeah, I just. I was just like, I'm not going to move to California. I already moved across the country. I already was traveling a lot. I I was done with it. Um, So Mm -hmm. San Antonio came to, or I'm sorry, Solar came to San Antonio finally in our backyard. Mm -hmm. And there was a door-to-door model. So I just jumped in feet first. Nice. Very nice.
1: And uh, so I'm guessing you worked your way through the ranks there?
0: Yeah, there's a series of events that happened Mm -hmm. um, for me to kind of like move up through the ranks. I mean... Uh, <clears throat> people always joked with me in the alarm world. You know, you know uh, the be back bus never comes back in alarms, right? Like if you're not selling them that day, like going back is not really gonna right, happen. Of course. Um, but I was always the one that was following up. So when mm-hmm. I went into solar, my follow up game was very strong in solar because mm-hmm. for some reason I just had developed that in alarms, which isn't your typical way of doing things in alarms, as far as door to door goes. So um, I got pretty good at solar. Mm-hmm. Uh, and through a series of events led me to managing the San Antonio office within a matter of like six months. Nice. And then um, I went to go help a buddy of mine build his organization um, at a time when red lines and dealer models weren't even talked about it. You had to like work at a big organization yeah. to um, sell solar. To get into solar. To get yeah, into solar. Sense. But um, he had figured out a way to start a dealer and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that and mentioned the word red line. and you know, I was like, okay. I, sounds good. Yeah, sounds good. I create my own profit. Right. Um, helped uh, manage um, on, on some mid and high levels. Um, several other organizations helped build um, another uh, organization as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that ultimately, everything that has led me to where I am now um, is why I started what I started because it's just been a progression mm-hmm. of, at this point, a career so in
1: in working with and for those different companies um what did you recognize was okay this is what works and this is what doesn't
0: door-to-door clearly works Mm -hmm. i mean after being in door-to-door for so long like you you just can't get past it it doesn't matter what's going on in the economy it doesn't matter uh what region you're in what city you're in like door-to-door just works Mm -hmm. um especially if you have the work ethic and drive um Another thing that works is a well-built company processes, mm-hmm. right? Um, I've, I learned very early lo- on by a lot of mentors that I had mm-hmm. um, going through this process. Um, you don't manage people. You manage processes. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So um, being able to build out processes um, is, is key. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't have any, build out one. Like just have one process. You know, it doesn't matter what it is. Just have yeah. one, at least something.
1: And that'll be the most efficient part of your company.
0: (laughs) Exactly. You know, so, um, again, you know, just, just learning little tidbits from a lot of mentors that I've had in the industry, Mm -hmm. um, has led me to, you know, doing what I do.
1: Let me ask you this, your company now, what was the first thing that you systemized?
0: (sighs) Man, there was just like a lot going on back there. Um, Mm -hmm. I would say uh, payroll payroll. Okay. Because that was probably the number one complaint at the other companies, right? 100%. Reps didn't know what they were getting paid. Um, EPCs not um, being upfront with what they need to charge. Mm -hmm. Um, So, payroll, yeah. No, um, I would say
1: that was a big part of the success of our company, you know, in different campaigns. And so it was really about not forcing the client, but structuring the compensation so that there was room for. Mistakes on the clients end. Right. Um, There wasn't really room for mistakes on our staffs end, and if they did happen, like we were very transparent about it. You know what I'm saying? And so, you know, as long as we weren't putting anybody in the poorhouse, and a mistake was (laughs) happened, we were able to remedy it pretty quickly. And the beautiful thing about what we did is, and it bit us in the butt sometimes too, because, you know, we all we had systems set up to where okay, you could view your payroll on Wednesday right you could submit corrections by thursday and then if they were valid corrections we would reflect them by friday and then maybe you'd get paid the following monday you right. know what i'm saying so the system was in place so that it went through all these filters and until you agreed twice basically that your payroll was correct and then you were finally getting that on monday right you know now reps still were surprised on monday sometimes Of cuz they of never course. logged into their or they site. never
0: fully understood or there wasn't proper expectations set um about payroll in general like this is what you get charged for or this is the potentials that could happen as to Mm -hmm. why you might get paid really low you know uh i truly believe reps hear what they want to hear sometimes so well and that's why we put it in writing right
1: so like on one of their take-home packets we always put uh, a payroll explanation yeah so it's like the timing of payroll the process you know what I mean, and then things to watch out for. A hundred percent. I mean, and so that would always kind of increase <clears throat> the the clarity when it comes to payroll. But uh, I guess where was it more that you saw that as an issue in the past, or like it was a pain point for you as a rep?
0: I I think it's a pain point in industry in mm-hmm. any industry that you're in in door to door. You know, you, you go out there. You know, you work hard. I mean bust ass. Am I allowed to cuss on this podcast? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. There's Uh, an, there's an E next to it. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you go out there and bust ass and then to Uh be told you're only going to get paid this can be a little bit detrimental. And then it's even harder being up in, in our position. Right. Right. As like, well, dude, like we we said that and it was in writing. Yeah. You know, we explained this like in the several, Mm -hmm. you know, hundreds of meetings that we've had, but it's happened a certain way in their head. So that's reality. Exactly. And then now once they learn, and 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 unfortunately that's that's the industry or or that's the i shouldn't say the industry i should just say there's there's certain things that once a sales rep learns Mm -hmm. monetary wise yeah they'll never forget it and then they'll make sure that never happens again hell yeah you know so sometimes you do have to learn that way Mm -hmm. especially if you're the kind of person that doesn't really like listen you know and and again a lot of it's expectations so taking extreme ownership you know mm-hmm. people in our position we have to be clear about our intentions be clear about what we're telling reps and how they're going to get paid and like yeah. you said like with your organization you had these things built out yeah. you know and and almost harp on them to beating a dead horse point mm-hmm. because that is always the truest point of contention in any sales organizations it always comes down to payroll Hell yeah, i didn't get paid what i was going to expect mm-hmm. right you told me it was going to be different so um and trust me, I've learned the hard way. Yeah. Like a hundred percent. I fell on my face, had to take extreme ownership. I've had those conversations with representatives that just mm-hmm. don't understand it or get it and and on some level then you have to just like pay out just to like yeah. keep you know, keep some level keep of peace. A, keep the peace. You know, so you know, it costs thousands of dollars for just ha- setting that. the wrong expectation. Yeah. If you don't set the right expectation, it literally costs you thousands of dollars. So getting solar specific,
1: what are some of the things that that you have to do because you know i I know what it can be like dealing with epcs right and something goes sideways on a deal and they want you to pay for everything even though you can trace it back to you know it's on their end whatever the case is so what are some of the things that you put in place in order to one have time to mitigate those things or to make sure that they understand hey i can dictate things this way too you know what i'm saying
0: um I think there's a lot of different schools of thought on this. I think it ultimately comes down to the relationship you have with the EPC. Mm-hmm. And again, people are probably going to be like Casey, you're freaking wrong. Like that's not a way to deal with it or right. whatever, but you know, this is the way I've dealt with it. Mm-hmm. Um I on some level, you do have to take responsibility as a sales org. Okay. Even if the EPC, you know they're wrong, yeah. You have to take responsibility. Because it really doesn't matter what the EPC says or what they're going to dictate. What really matters is what comes down to the client. So on some level, whether or not they held pay because the client called into them and said, "Hey, you know, we you know we were told this by our sales rep," and the EPC decides to pay it out, yeah, and then hold it back from your pay because one of your reps said that. Like, you, like you gotta. Oh, absolutely. You know, you, yeah. you you can fight with them all you want, right? Or if uh, you know they charge you too much for an electrical upgrade or whatever, you yeah. know, adders, you know, we'll just call it. Yeah. Um, you have to take extreme ownership in that because maybe you should have known more about the electrical process. If you're going to get in bed with an EPC, otherwise do your own installs. Yeah. So, um, on some level, like there is that, like, no, they're the EPC. We should have talked about this. Well, yeah, but why didn't you bring it up in the first place? Mm -hmm. And so if you open yourself up to be treated like that, then you do. And, but there is, you can go back and restructure, which i think a lot of people don't do they don't go back and say okay we've already made five mistakes with this epc yeah it's cost us fifteen thousand dollars right we need to now go into the epc and have a meeting and i think that's where people they just don't would rather not deal with it Mm -hmm. and so then they just go find another epc
1: yeah right and 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 epcs are not a dime a dozen (laughs) they're not
0: and not the good ones anyways well at least not in today's environment Mm -hmm. in the last like two years
1: i i went through five in six months before I got to the one that I was using at the end. And even the one that I was using at the end, it's like, you know, because of lo- location and everything, they were subbing, subbing to a, right. another group of installers. And that group ended up, and this is just some of the things that can happen in solar. So they were subbing to another install group, right? Which is, if you think about it, you've got your journeyman, and you've got the actual guys on the roof and everything, and then you got your helper. And uh, they were they were doing the site surveys and they were basically saying that every customer needed a panel upgrade. Oh yeah. So they can get that work. Right. You yeah. know what I mean? And before we realized it, because we had, you know, a, a different crew installing this over here that wasn't having any upgrades in this one, like 50% of their homes were like, upgrades. what's going on here? They're like, wait a second. <laughs> but we didn't know the difference because it was right. one company to us. You know what I'm saying? And then finally we, we tracked it down because we were local right Mm -hmm. and we were able to converse with this other group and realize hey they're they're not submitting for any panel upgrades there's something going on over here right and by the time we went and backtracked everything you know we had to pay for four panel upgrades at twenty five hundred dollars a pop yeah you know what i'm saying and uh you know luckily that that was all by one sales rep you know what i mean so it's easy to pinpoint yeah it was easy to pinpoint and um They were obviously, they understood what happened. You know what I mean? They understood, hey, company's coming out of pocket on this. You know, so they, I think they came out like 750 per deal and we came out the rest. You know what I'm saying?
0: See, that's a great relationship to have. You know, Mm -hmm. I've had EPCs like that. They're like, hey, let's split the difference. Mm -hmm. You know, but you got to have those relationships. Yeah. A lot of people, they just go get what they want Mm -hmm. and not realize the long term, six months in what happens when this deal happens. If you don't have those relationships, then it's going to be real clear, concise what the EPC needs to do. Mm. As a business, because their name's on the install agreement. Yeah, and then
1: that's one of the things I always respected, which is why I was willing to split the difference very often, yeah. because I knew, hey, this was controllable. But at the same time, it's like, damn, I don't, I don't have a system for everything. I don't have right. a fail safe for everything. You know what right. I mean? And this is one of those things that isn't consistent. So let's split the difference and move on
0: yeah you know. and and as a sales org you have to understand you don't have total control mm-hmm. you know a lot of people go you know well you're the owner of the sales org or this or that mm-hmm. i mean at the end of the day we all have people we have to report to
1: 100 percent, right yeah and as
0: a sales org it's the epc yeah no and then and then your sales people well yeah ultimately <laughs> your sales people but yeah but yeah you know we always have that higher person that we have right. to report to on some level 100 mm-hmm. percent. so you guys are in san antonio you've got some satellite reps too um we're in san antonio exclusively right okay. now but um uh, you know we kind of uh, dialed things back to san antonio mm-hmm. um but 2023 we're looking to expand um, okay a lot more what's the
1: i guess what's the expansion plan or what's the
0: what's the next step for you in your business <clears throat> um probably 10x growth mm-hmm um I truly feel that if we don't 10x growth by the end of 2023 or let's say anyone Mm -hmm. any sales organization that's um city specific or regional right now or even state um i truly feel that they need a 10x growth Mm -hmm. um to be able to weather any storms that may or may start coming Mm -hmm. by the end of this year or next year um what am I talking about maybe solar regulation that starts coming down on on sales reps um, no maybe brother yeah it's coming but it's it's, it's coming it's it's not a matter of uh, if when mm-hmm. right um, also you know in our in our climate of of just economics right now mm-hmm. right being able to have that growth and cash flow to be able to fund any new ventures or just stay in business yeah you know so um, but well, it's here- also scary too right because 10x in growth costs money yeah. I mean here here's a thought though if you
1: 10x growth do you have the capital now to start your own EPC or install your own deals
0: uh no no, no still no. it's still it's still tough so but I will say this I'm doing it in a more dynamic way okay so I'll actually just launch it right now Should okay. I just launch it you launch it launch it so Let's go. um So Delta Solar Power, um, there's a whole marketing campaign that we're doing, um, but I'll launch this This is my first podcast, man. Yeah, hell yeah. Might as well. Um, 7323, the road to independence. Okay. So we are heading down a road to do our own installs. Okay. By July 4th, which is independence day. Oh, I love that. So 7323, the road to independence. That's what we're launching. So now it's officially launched. (laughs) <laughs> now, now we have to make it happen. Yeah, now you have to make it now happen. Now we have to make it happen.
1: There's something to be said about that. You know, whenever... Um, yeah, I do it all the time. You know, I, I posted uh, probably April of last year that I was going to run a marathon mm-hmm. on my social media in October. And, um, well, I didn't run it in October. I ran it in November. <laughs> but I still ran it nonetheless because I knew I had people I was accountable to, not just my family. Obviously, right. that's the most important And I want to set an example for them. Well, first off, they knew, right? Once you put it out there, it's got to happen now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because, hey, we didn't get where we are by not following through.
0: Yeah, or just like, you know, sidelining our our visions or Mm -hmm. goals. So um, it's a scary thing, but that's that's what we have planned. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think we're doing it in a more dynamic way than most people think that it has to be done, Mm -hmm. which I feel will make us successful at doing it. Are we going to?
1: TM that trademark
0: uh, Oh 7323 Road to Independence No uh, the dynamic way that you're going
1: to be doing the installs um, Maybe Because uh, dynamic is a sexy word It is So yeah. I, we better see se- something sexy come July Yeah
0: <laughs> There's going to be something sexy in July <laughs> Besides Casey in the bathing suit Exactly or a Speedo <laughs> <laughs> Or a Speedo Oh man I love
1: it <laughs> Alright Let's get a little tactical here. For I guess anybody that has a sales team, you know, you've got a lot of experience in recruiting, building, and managing salespeople. You have a few tips you can give these people.
0: Um, man, there's just there's a lot that comes to mind, but top of mind, uh, <clears throat> don't be scared. I would say um, if you're going to start recruiting, come up with a chicken list first. Okay. Um, I've I've always been told this, and it's always worked, um, in my opinion, from everything I've done with recruiting. Um, A chicken list is top five people that um, you're too scared to recruit that maybe would would never take the opportunity, would never, uh, you wouldn't think that they would do it, or you don't even want to talk to them about the opportunity because you're not sure of yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, So... I think having a chicken list first and foremost before you start recruiting is, is is probably like the top thing that you want to do if you're recruiting. Is that how you got your VP of sales? Did you put them on a chicken list? I actually met him at Chick-fil-A. <laughs> um, Stop. I did. Met him at a Chick-fil-A. Met him at a Chick-fil-A. So Just ch- chicken list, Chick-fil-A, you know, obviously there's something there. Yeah, randomly. Randomly. Randomly, so. No, I love the
1: advice, though. I mean, because... You know, so I'm I'm in Apex, and one of the, the courses in Apex that you get whenever you join is called Building Your Machine. And in that course, you identify 25 people, and it's called your Dream 25. These are people that you nice. want to do business with. Right. Right, so you start targeting them on social media. You start liking their posts, sharing their stuff, commenting yep. on their stuff. And then they see your stuff
0: eventually they're gonna hit you up and be like hey dude you've been yeah. liking every post since yeah. august what's going
1: on <laughs> <laughs> maybe not everyone but right
0: you know you put them on your favorites or whatever anyways
1: the the concept is you know that if y'all are aligned that they're going to do business with you eventually or because they're you're top of mind you're gonna do business with them so i i love the idea of of starting with the end in mind it's like the, this is the avatar of the five people i want to recruit right and you, you go after those specific people, but probably what's gonna happen in the process is you're gonna capture a lot of other people yep. just in that, you know what I mean? Exactly. So I love that. What about, um, I guess, managing salespeople? Any advice there?
0: Um, set the expectations early on. Mm-hmm. That's the best thing I can say is, is, it doesn't matter what you're doing, if it's door to door, if it's call center, whatever, setting that expectation of what the job actually entails to the point, like even just from a recruiting standpoint, just to the point of like, you're almost scaring them away from the job. Hell yeah. Like, cause you understand what the job entails and mm-hmm. you sh- it's your responsibility to tell them exactly what it's going to be like. And then as far as managing people, yeah, if you set the right expectations and managing them should be um, pretty easy. But to go further, if you're managing guys, it's been like six months now and you're like, oh man, like, it's just not going right for me. Um, I would say be flexible and know when to pivot. Okay. Um, Don't be too set in your ways. People think that automatically, well, no, I have this in my mind. This needs to happen this way. I'm managing these 10 people and, you know, we need to get here. I mean, be flexible Mm -hmm. um, in the fact of like, listen to your sales team. Yeah. They'll literally tell you exactly what they don't want to do and what they want to do and what they like and what they don't like, what incentives they care for, what incentives they don't care for. Mm-hmm. So it's just like a client, right? You go into discovery mode and instead of just doing the same pitch over and over again, you know, ask them questions and they'll give you the keys to the kingdom as to why maybe they haven't gone solar or why they want to go solar and they haven't yet. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with your sales org. Um, you know, if, if, if you listen to them, they'll literally tell you how they should be managed. But it's still tough. It's it's yeah. still tough because from a business owner's yeah. mindset, you're like, oh, we still got to do that. Yeah, do this. I mean, as long as you're staying on your mission and your right. core values,
1: you're going to be fine. Exactly. You know, um, we pivoted from AT&T U-verse to DirecTV. You know what I'm saying? The commission was higher. Uh, my guys were getting recruited away. It's what they wanted. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes that has to happen. But we still believed in achieving freedom. We still had our core values intact. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And... Um, Turns out, when you pivot like that, you'll often immediately find out if it was the right decision. So when I did that, I actually gave AT&T a three-month notice that oh, I was nice. going to be pivoting to DirecTV, and they took my leads away right away. Yeah. And so I knew right, I was like, I'm making the right decision because they don't give a shit about me. You know what I mean? If they didn't, then they wouldn't have pulled our leads because right. one day in door-to-door at that time was shoot like 20, 30 grand. You know what I'm saying? And so the uh, anyways, just to illustrate yeah. <laughs> illustrate your point, we pivoted and um we we were better for it. But no, I think everything everything in life is that structure, you know, where you intro qualifier discovery as you called it, then then the presentation based on the qualifier discovery. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then at some point, <coughs> you know, what you said earlier about trying to scare them out of the position, I think that's incredibly important. Because many people run opportunity meetings or they run interviews and it's all good, good, positive, positive. They don't give them the negative, right? Yeah, exactly. The negative is you closing the deal with the customer, but you're doing it with a recruit instead. And instead of them paying your money, they're paying you with their time. And hey, if you give me your time, you're either going to get this or, you know, if you don't execute properly or if you have a bad day, you may get this. Right. You know what I mean? And one of those things is working at 100 degree heat. Getting
0: especially in San Antonio,
1: doors slammed yeah. in your face, getting a gun pulled on you, having a dog chase after you. Yeah. that's
0: the reality. Cops so, called on you. Cops called. Yep. People yeah. yelling at you. Like we yeah. li-
1: we literally had that in our script for the one on one. So we would do one on ones after the opportunity meeting. Oh, and we would sit them down one on one, and they could ask the scary questions. You know what I'm saying? Where it wasn't in a big group, they didn't they didn't seem like weak or something. So
0: <laughs> so, so I. I learned this early on so one thing that we do and one thing I've always done is anyone that comes into our organization as soon as they come in whether it's from Indeed Craigslist or you know they find you on Facebook or you reach out to them or it's like a a friend same um, system um, I pretty much ask them I go do you have like an hour like right now Mm -hmm. yeah why okay cool like you look fine with what you're wearing i'm gonna go have you follow this guy today and see if you actually like Mm door-to-door um i actually a long time ago um one of the first sales jobs i had was selling um let's call it blue chip um uh blue chip products to uh businesses door-to-door okay and uh it was like it was like these things from like disney or NASCAR mm-hmm. or something like that, or high quality at this, you know, I didn't know Costco at the time. So it was like, probably nice what leather jackets you would buy from Costco or purses. I don't know. It was just this company that sold a random bunch of things. And they literally told me, well, go door to door and you're going to go with this guy today. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to take up four hours. Yeah, But, but we'll know if, if you're actually legit, like trying to do this job. The first hour I was like, nope, I can't do this. There's yeah. just like no way. And I told the guy he took me to lunch, and I remember sitting there, and I was like, hey, man, so I'm not going to lie. I, I haven't had fun today at all, and I, I don't <laughs> no. see myself doing this. He's like, yeah. well, cool, and we're we're actually here, like, downtown by SAC,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, uh, San Antonio Community College, and he, he bought me a burger. I was young. Mm-hmm. I was, like, 19 yeah. years old, so, like, right out of high school, and um, I remember him telling me, like, looking me dead in the eye. He's like, that's fine. He goes, you've kind of been in, like, you know, drag anyways. You've been kind of, like, slowing me down. Yeah. Um, so um, lunch is on me, but um, I know you rode out with me. You just got to find your own way back to the office. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Fair enough. There's no Uber back then. Yeah. You know, and so uh, yes. I had to call like a cousin of mine. She oh, came, come okay. pick me up and uh, took me back to the office. So ever since then, I was like, this is actually, actually pretty good. Like, so mm-hmm. now we have people go out mm-hmm. their first interview before yeah. we even hire them. Yeah. Take 30, 45 minutes, up to an hour of your day however long you can stay out and if you're willing to do this job then we'll see you back here tomorrow
1: hell yeah yeah i always love we, we called them same day same day hires right but we wouldn't do any paperwork we wouldn't do anything it was like hey you're just exactly for a ride along yeah you're an it's like a ride-along exactly yeah, you're ride right yeah. along today
0: and door-to-door here's your vest. nice
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh man we had the best yeah no, I meant
0: like bulletproof vest. You know oh, I, mean. I got
1: you. <laughs> I was talking about the the orange. Oh vests, no, yeah, you know? the
0: orange vest. No, yeah. no, no. Hey,
1: hey, we're actually digging up in your backyard right, right now. Right, those guys. You know. Yeah, yeah. And they would freak out. The customer would get a little pattern and interrupt, and then they would listen. <laughs> yeah, we would do that sometimes. It's fun stuff. All right, brother. So I asked the question at the end of every
0: episode: What does legacy mean to you, and what legacy do you want to leave behind? Um. So. Kind of like Ryan, or I'm sorry, Ray, Ray. in the uh, first podcast um, before this one. um, I always thought legacy was financial, too. Like, Mm -hmm. honestly, like, I really thought, like, having all this money. Yeah. um, As you get older, you have kids. Mm -hmm. I have a son. He's 10-year-old, Lucas. Um, Then you start thinking it's about family, right? But, man, I... I really think it comes down to impact, Um, and impact in all facets of life. Impact with your family. Like, what kind of family man were you? Mm -hmm. What kind of father were you? Um, And impact in the community. I remember, like, growing up, um, and I know this sounds, like, super cheesy and kind of, like, corny. But I'm here for it. I I, I honestly thought, you know, after seeing, you know, Rocky, I I, I truly envisioned at, like, 10, 11 years old, I was like, dude, that'd be dope to have, like, a statue of myself. Mm Mm-hmm. In San Antonio, somewhere.
1: Yeah.
0: And then being in San Antonio, what's that mural at uh, mitieta Has all the most influential people that have had an impact oh, yeah. in San yeah. Antonio or in Southern Texas.
1: I think that's a good goal right there. So you know, I, as I got
0: older and we go to Mitjeda, like family coming to yeah. town, I would be like, "Is there a way to like paint my face right in between those two people right there?" So and and those people had an impact. Right. And so having an impact like like right now, Delta Solar Power, we contribute. um, Actually, we are uh, involved in several charities Mm -hmm. here locally in town that have an impact for school students and um, and some other charities that we do, uh, one of which is Ferrari Kid. The other one is the uh, Texas Yes Project. So already we're starting to have an impact at a very let's say infancy stage of our business Mm -hmm. um, impact with our individual reps. It's not even just about sales. It's more about personal development. And and, and I've always told people Delta Solar is just a platform. If, if for whatever reason, in two years, we, we had to shut the doors down to Delta Solar Power, because everyone just made so much money that there's no point in us knocking doors anymore, because they have investments here and making money over here, then that would be the ultimate, you know, way to go out. Right. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it really comes down to impact. And like what Ray said before, right, we set the example. We set the, you know, the habits and, and, and the culture just for even for our family. So like even my son Lucas, right, you know, I, I used to think having an impact was, you know, hey, I had to have this business that, you know, he could, you know, take over one day or whatever. But I don't even think it's about that anymore. I think it's about instilling values, um, instilling um, uh, an impactful way of how to be a person. Um, So that way he can grow up and start his own Delta Solar Power and not even like take over this one. Because hopefully, you know, we're not in business a long time. Like honestly, like I I truly feel like I really feel that it would be almost an honor if we can just shut down Delta Solar Power because everyone just made so much money and they're going on moving on to better, bigger, better things because we had such an impact on them that they actually like listened to the advice that we're giving them, invested in real estate, saved their money, right? You know, like mm-hmm. did other things and or, or created other businesses. Like imagine if 20 other businesses were created out of Delta Solar Power. Like that's truly what I mean by impact. Like I want to impact people that's not even just like, oh yeah, this person made like a million bucks and yeah. they're able to afford the lifestyle that they want. Like no, like this person actually was able to create five businesses because of the stuff that they learned, you know, not only from me, but, you know, our other uh, leaders and stuff like that. Um, and that's what I mean by impact. And so when I use the analogy, like, I wish, you know, I had, you know, at 10 years old, there's a Rocky Balboa statue of me, you know, up on the courthouse steps or whatever, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. a downtown or, you know, my, my yeah. face painted me. at the Mitieta, yeah. you know, mural. It's because, like, I, I, I was able to create such an impact, not even just for my family, but, like, also the community.
1: So I hear a lot of the same things when I ask that question. I've got to say this is the first time that I heard someone say, I want my people to be so successful that my business just shuts down because everybody else is, is doing their own thing now. Yeah. You know what I mean? I have
0: very so, strong convictions about that. Like no, I, 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 I really want it to happen.
1: The, the Casey that we started the podcast with and the Casey I'm talking to now are two different guys, man. He came alive. <laughs>
0: at the end. Yeah, man. You, you, you put me in front of a microphone long enough, man. I'm going to start saying some shit.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I love it, man. I love the answer. Uh, I love the impact that you're going to create from your son all the way to your business and the people in it. So I appreciate you coming on the podcast, man.
0: Man, thank you for having me. This has been amazing. I love it.
1: Awesome. Let's get building. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Building Great Sales Team's podcast. We really do appreciate it. As you know, we believe that great leaders build great teams. How do you become a great leader? You learn from the greats. Join us at the Million Dollar Mastermind put on by Ryan Stuman in Frisco, Texas, and learn everything that you need to learn to be that great leader. The link will be in the description below. As always, we ask that you like, share, and subscribe wherever you consume podcasts so you can stay up to date with the Building Great
0: Sales Teams podcast. Let's get building.